The word shape. S-H-A-P-E. S standing for your spiritual gift. At, you know, your H stands for your heart. A, your abilities. P, your personality. And E, your experiences. All the experiences that you've had in life. Discovering my spiritual gift so I can deploy them is my responsibility. Stop looking for purpose everywhere. Your purpose is in your shape. If you seek to deploy your shape, you fulfill destiny. The second one is H, my heart. Knowing my heart so I can follow it. You have a unique emotional heartbeat. It's called passion. We are not all passionate about the same things. And it's not a sin if I'm not passionate about what you're passionate about. So don't, don't crucify me for it. I mean, as we sit here now, some people are passionate about education, passionate about children, passionate about cars. I realize sometimes I, I tell, I mean, a few days ago I was telling my wife, oh, have you seen the new version of, uh, new, uh, of that brand of the car? And I was describing it. She has tuned off to do something else. By the time I finished, I just realized that I was just talking to myself. She, she had, I realized there was no interest. Yeah. You know, it amazes me sometimes when, when I'm talking about a car that we see every day, and my wife said, what kind of car is that? <laughs> and I was like, ah, I want to. <laughs> Some people are not just concerned about certain things. I hope you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. As much as I love to just push myself a bit to read fiction, I'm not passionate about fiction. I'm telling you the truth. You can buy me 100 fiction novels. I'll give it back to you in 10 years' time. And maybe I'll have read two or one. But you buy me books on principles of leadership and teamwork, organizational culture, <laughs> strategy. There's nothing fictitious about those ones. I like real life. <laughs> I don't know if you're getting what I'm saying. If you are here, you love fiction, you love literature, all those things. You love it. It's okay for you. You're passionate about See, this is what I'm saying. We don't have the same heart for the same things. God wants you to serve him passionately and not dutifully. What do I mean by that? God wants you to serve humanity and serve him passionately. That means serve him in the area of your passion. Serve humanity in the area of your passion. You cannot be deploying your passion or following your passion and not fulfill your destiny. In fact, you walk out of the divine alignment when you disregard the things you are passionate about just because something is working for somebody else and that's what you are trying to pursue. Yeah. I, things that go, I mean, things around relationship and all that, I'm passionate about them. I, I hardly get tired counseling people when it comes to husband and wife or how do you get married and all those kind of things. I don't, I don't know why. It's just hard. I, I don't know if you're getting what I'm saying. Yeah. And I have personal friends. The last thing they want to do is to bring a couple together and be talking to them. 
They're fantastic at teaching, but they don't have, they're not passionate about that. And you can't crucify them for it. They just, they just need to put something in place to take care of that in their charge. We, we're not all passionate about everything, but when you follow your heart, your passion, God is glorified. And that's how we fulfill destiny. So God wants to serve him passionately and not dutifully. And that means with your heart. Passionate, I mean, when you follow your passion, when you follow your heart, that's what leads to enthusiasm and effectiveness. Because you will need little or no motivation to get things done when you are doing stuff in the area of your heart. You need little or no motivation to get things done. What we have seen is that many people chase things in life that they're not even passionate about at all. But when you look through the Bible, you see people passionate about stuff, and it just shows the direction that they're supposed to be going. You see a Moses who saw an Egyptian and a Jew fighting, and nobody had said anything to him about the fact that God wanted to rescue the Jews from the hand of the Egyptians. And he just got there. Hey, bros, what's happening? What's happening? Pull one guy aside, like I said last week, just kill the guy. He had killed him before he realized he killed him. The passion was too much. See, like I said in the first service, I would rather you follow your passion like Moses, even a bit prematurely, than not follow it at all. Because God is the God of the second chance. So you follow your passion, you started this uh, business or whatever, or this thing, and it has failed. It's still your passion. Moses failed there, and 40 years, God brought him back. And he was born for that, to deliver Israel from bondage in Egypt. It's better you follow it too early and you hit your head against one or two walls than never to follow it at all. Some people are so afraid of making mistakes. If you make mistakes in the area of your passion, it's perfect mistake. It's called school, lesson. I don't know if you're getting what I'm saying. Yeah, you just learn. It's better to follow your passion, make a mistake in that area, so, so you learn to know how to do it better than never to follow your passion at all and be looking at other people, you know, using another person's watch to time yourself. Glory be to Jesus. The, the, the next one is abilities. Abilities, A, and the shape. We're examining our shape, A, ability. Identifying my abilities so I can utilize them. Identifying my abilities so I can utilize them. Natural abilities that you were born with. Some people were born with words, athletics, music, strategy, entrepreneurial skills, different things, abilities. You know the truth? You have loads of unrecognized and untapped abilities, and God wants to use them for his glory. As we examine our shape, we need to look inwards. That's how we determine, I mean, we discover purpose. What are the abilities? What are the things that, you know, that I'm supposed to do something with? I've not even done anything with them. So it's extremely important that we look within. That's how we work in line with purpose. Whatever you are good at, you should be doing for God through your church. Yeah, whatever you are good at, it's not only for you to make money through. You should do for God through the ministry of the church that you belong to. Praise God. Number four is understanding my personality 
so I can play my role. That's the P in shape. We're still looking at your shape, your personality. Understanding my personality so I can play my role. Understanding my personality so I can play my role. God loves variety. He made some introvert, others introvert, extrovert. He made some feelers and some thinkers. In fact, psychologists categorized us as some people being, uh, being able to work alone while other people do better working in teams. When you look through the Bible, you see people with different kind of personality types. There's nowhere it's written in the Bible that the personality is better than the other. And nowhere it's written in the world. There's no good or bad personality. We all only have people who focus on the weaknesses of their personality rather than focusing on the strength of their personality. And God gave you your personality for a purpose. It's, that, that's the personality you're going to use to fulfill purpose. We see examples in the Bible. All through the Bible. You see examples of how God used different kinds of personalities. Paul was a choleric. He never knew how to, you know, subpedal. Pushing, pushing. This one thing I do, forgetting things that are behind, I press. That's a choleric talking. Yeah. That's a choleric talking. Nay, in all these things, you're more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. That's a choleric writing. Yeah. Telling you, no, you can't stop. Go, go. That's a choleric. Yeah. That's, that's a power for you. And the, the, the uh, you know, Bible history has it that the guy was very short. They said his physical appearance was weak, but his letters were weighty. <laughs> Slim and short. Like, uh, they said, like 5'4 or so. Yeah. Very short guy. The great Apostle Paul, great. But as, as uh, brief as he was, he was very choleric. And God did not look at his height. He looked at what he has put in there as a choleric. Are you still with me today? Thank God for cholerics. If not for them, we won't break new grounds. The greatest wars that were fought in man's history were led by cholerics. Adolf Hitler was a choleric. Abacha was a choleric. Yeah. I can go on and on. So many of those people who caused wars were cholerics. Yeah. If you're choleric, we need you. I remember my former pastorate. I can't forget this story. We went somewhere. I think it was a, it was a funeral. I was supposed to officiate a funeral. We got there. I'm a flex son. If you understand temperament types, you understand what I'm talking about. So I, I, I don't love, to, I mean, I, I don't cause trouble. I just, uh, you know, take it easy, you know, and all that. So we got there, um, and uh, they said they were expecting some family members, and we should wait so the funeral cannot start until those family members come. We left many things to come. We sat down for like one hour. One of my colleagues, a choleric, came to meet me. I was the leader of the team. He said, Pastor, these people need to hear word. <laughs> that we don't, this is Lagos and we don't have time for all this. We came, we, they fixed time, 10 a.m. for this funeral, and we'll be sitting down for one hour. He said, if you will permit me, sir, I want to go and address the family people. 
I said, please, just, just give them like 15, 20 minutes more. So he said, it was boiling, but he sat down. He just respected me as the leader of the team. And then another 15, 20 minutes came. I said, Pastor, I think you should allow me. I said, yes, go ahead. So he went and met the family members, and he told them, the service is starting now. The service started. And I was happy. Though I couldn't say it. Praise God. We just compliment each other. If everybody in the world were cholerics, nobody would be alive. We would have killed each other. If everybody in the world were sanguines, everywhere would be so colorful. Is it yellow, red on the road? They paint anyhow. There will be no order. I hope you understand what I'm saying. Because sanguines, you know, we just do stuff, you know. Everybody will be happy. We'll be partying every day. Now, every street in Lagos will have like five clubs if all of us were, were sanguines. Yeah, because we all we just want to have fun. I hope you understand what I'm saying. God loves varieties. Loves varieties. See that all through the Bible. Paul was a choleric. Peter was sanguine. Before Jesus said one, he had said three. Jesus looked at him one time and said, get it behind me, Satan. <laughs> yeah, use your mouth. I cannot keep quiet. I said I would die. He said I cannot die. Which one is your old? send me. I mean, he rebuked Jesus when Jesus said he was going to die. He said, no, you can't die. Jesus said, this one, you don't know why I came. He said, get it behind me, Satan. That's when he realized that, ah, the devil must have been talking through me, so he kept quiet. Yeah. If you are, if you are sanguine, you talk, keep talking, just make sense. That's all. I mean, that was a lesson from Peter and Jesus. Just keep talking, but make sense. Peter talked, he never rebuked him until he started talking rubbish. He said, no, no, no just the devil talking through you. Get it. <laughs> Praise God. So, what is your personality? Don't put it, you know, undercover. Be yourself. Be yourself. You fulfill destiny if you choose to be yourself. Don't compare yourself with anybody. Don't say, I wish I can talk. Don't say, I wish I can be quiet. Don't say, I wish I'm an introvert. No. Jeremiah was a melancholy. Out of that, we got the book of lamentation of Jeremiah. Yeah. Yeah. Elijah was a melancholy. He was suicidal at some point. God wanted us to see all that. So if you're melancholy here, you won't be thinking that uh, you have a special problem. You don't have a special problem. Just fulfill purpose. Elijah got suicidal. He said, God, kill me. Just because a woman harassed him. Jezebel. He just went to one corner and said, God, just kill me. And that's the same man who called fire down from heaven. There's anyone here today listening to me? You know, your private you can be so bad with depression and all that, and people think you are the I am mighty. You are not alone. Elijah was like you. All you just need, like Elijah, is to be able to say, Look, I'll fulfill my destiny anyhow. Because when God told him, I have 7,000 prophets who have not bowed their knees to bow, Elijah said, Yes, sir, I won't die. I won't die. I will continue. Yeah. You just need to wake up to it. That God wants to use your temperament the same way, you know. The, what, the way it is. Don't try to, to, to change it. Yeah, don't try to change it. Isaac was a phlegmatic. Abraham had to look for wife for him. Sent his, his servant to go and look for wife. 
If there's anyone here, people have been disturbing you. This is that you don't have mouth. You don't, tell them, look for wife for me. But you know the truth? The same Isaac that they look for wife for. In the time of famine, Bible says Isaac sold in the land, he got a hundredfold. What you know to do, do well. Let other people do that for you. It's okay. You can meet me, I'll find wife for you. Just make sure you are doing your work well. Don't focus on the weakness of your temperament. That's what I'm saying. You fulfill purpose by focusing on the things that God has given you. Are you still with me today? I said, are you still with me today? Let's wrap this all up. Your shape, the E, the last one. The experiences. The experiences that you have gone through in life. Every experience of life has been orchestrated by God. God specializes in turning our mess into a message. So you don't want to deal with your experiences anyhow. It's part of your shape. It's the only thing that is external to the shape. Every other thing is internal. But experiences, yeah, God wants us to confront stuff. He wants us to confront stuff. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 3 and 4. Blessed be God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercy and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulations that we may be able to comfort those who are in trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. Maximizing my experiences so I can touch other people's lives. Experience is what happens to you. It is what you do with what happens. Uh, sorry, experience is not what happens to you, but what you do with what happens to you. God wants to turn the mess into a message. That's what completes your shape. We all have unique life experiences that God wants to use so that we can comfort others with those experiences. Some of the experiences I've had in my life are the things that prepare me for some of the things that God is using me to do today. I told you several times about my family. The fact that my father had, you know, a big family. I was driving to church this morning and I was trying to remember all my siblings. I was able to count like 26 or so of them just on my head. I mean, I remember. And, I, and how they all dealt with me at one time or the other. And the kind of experiences I've had with all that. That's why today, like I said, there's nothing anybody in this church can do to me that can be new. Yeah. If you curse me, I bless you. Yeah. When I was a small boy, somebody took stone and threw it headlong. I see I have the mark here. I have gone all sorts. When you are in that kind of... See, my father of blessed memory is he's a great man. He has many of us, but in the same house was a boot camp. Boot camp for destiny. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. Yeah. I can think about that experience and wish that I'll be like my wife, a family of six, four kids and parents, and all together lovely. <laughs> Maybe in my another life. But in this one, I cannot change it. Somebody may be listening to me today. Your mother or your stepmother or your grandmother brought you up. You're brought up by single parents. You don't even know your parents. Or something like that. There's, we all have peculiar experiences. It's what you do with your experience that matters, not what happens to you. What God brings your way is God's gift to you. What you make out of it is your gift to God. Yeah. One of the greatest Christian speakers today 
There's a lady called Joyce Meyer. Joyce told a story. I consider it one of the most horrific experiences that any human being can go through. How her father sexually abused and raped her like every other day for like 10 years of her life. From early teens to, you know. Today, she's one of the greatest speakers around the world. She gathers crowd everywhere in America and outside of America. She's on the major TV networks around the world. It was our experience, that mess, that got turned to a message. What have you been through? And what are you doing with what you have been through? Will you allow the devil to continue to use it to hit your head and break your heart? Or will you allow the God of all comfort to comfort your heart so you can comfort other people with the comfort that you have received from God? So, who could better help an alcoholic to recover than the one who fought the same demon and won? Who could minister better to someone who lost a job than the one who experienced, who has, I mean, experienced being laid off before? Who could better comfort a woman whose husband left her for an affair than a woman who went through the same agony herself and is still standing? The experience that you resent or regret the most in life, the ones you have wanted to hide and forget are the experiences that God wants to use to help others. So don't bury them. Don't keep them. They're part of your shape. They don't come by accident. Divinely orchestrated experiences. And God wants you to use it to help other people. The big question this morning is, what will you do with what you have been through? It's time to turn your mess into a message. I need a place I can elevate my soul When my mind and spirit can be whole Where the truth is right